In Between Fantasy Football Podcast, Season 4. Let's go, baby. Yeah. There was a time I had trouble talking about it. Congratulate them, we know they doubted. Somehow we made it up out of the pit, back against the wall. Never quit, traversing through each obstacle. Show a non believer what's possible. Let nothing they could do stand in between me and my wildest dreams. Let's go. And that come at us could come in between. Life gave me the worst, yet my side grew so green. We've been down in the dirt, been tossed in the trash, but I never strayed from my path. When we're gone, we ain't looking back. Maybe we were all way too high. Maybe that's our fault. It's going to be a crazy time, but it's going to be a fun time. Life is boring if you don't take some chances and do some things outside the box. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fancy football advice. Alright, alright, alright. Welcome in everyone. Draft season is in full swing. Rookie fever. I got a dose of it. I hope you guys got a dose of it today. Welcome to the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast, April 20th, 420 edition for anyone out there celebrating today. Um, welcome in everyone. We got a special episode of the podcast tonight. I'm joined by my two normal co-hosts here, Nate Polvo and Scott Rainier. We're going to be breaking down the NFL mock draft um, first round, and we also brought in someone who covers the draft very closely for not just us here at IBT, but also over at Champions Round, Dan Turner. What is up, Daniel? Hello, guys. Thanks for having me on. It's going to be really exciting to talk uh, draft with you fine folks. Hi, Dan. Hi, Hi Dan. Hi, guys. What? Missed you. Hey, we'll be together soon. It's almost August. <laughs> it is no, almost no. August for sure. Almost draft time as well. Nate, you've been pounding the ground over there at Fantasy Pro. He's been writing stuff up. Um, a lot of movement here in the first couple rounds. Um, what What is the most exciting thing you think heading into this draft as compared to last year's? So this is more of a – I mean, quarterbacks are terrible in this draft. They're <laughs> terrible. I mean, I, I think this is going to be a real defensive – an offensive line heavy first round non-sexy first round yeah yeah and for fantasy this ra- i mean they're going to be a handful of picks that are going to be like oh okay but for the most part it's going to be bolstering offensive line corners secondaries things yeah. like that scott what do you think man i mean last year we saw a ton of fantasy impact right away from rookies jamar chase and company came in and they made a splash and aj harris elijah mitchell a lot of good running backs as well um you dig a lot of the numbers for us here at ibt scott what is your take on how much impact you see these rookies making here in 2022? Well, one thing I'm really excited about for this first round especially is I want to see how many receivers go because there's been lots of talk about wide receivers. And as a fantasy analyst, you know, I I sway towards offensive players. So, I mean, I've seen people as with as many as eight going in the first round, you know, down to about oh, yeah. five. So I'm really curious because that's a lot of really good draft capital which you would expect would turn into some fantasy value right away for wide receivers. Um, So that's probably what I'm most excited about uh, from an offensive impact standpoint. Again, the quarterbacks are not fantastic, but I'm going to hold my judgment on the quarterbacks a little bit. Me too. I'm a a little biased because the Seahawks drafted Russell Wilson in the third and got an F from Mel Kuyper. So we don't really know. Um, but on paper, um, it doesn't look like that strong of a QB class. 
Yeah, I mean, definitely not as hyped up as last year in 2021. Um, that class, I mean, we, we knew from the day Justin Fields stepped into um, the collegiate ranks as well as Trevor Lawrence that that was going to be a special group. It was. Guys, we have so much to get to tonight. We're going to go through our, our whole first-round mock draft. We're also going to talk some traveling tips um, at the end as well. Traveling season is um, among us. Some new CDC guidelines um, have been, I don't know if you want to call them withdrawal, canceled, whatever you want to say. But so a lot, a lot more people are going to be traveling. A lot of people are already traveling. So we're, whether you're getting geared up to head out to Vegas for the draft or some other um, vacation coming up, we're going to get you set for that. Um, make sure if you guys are here at the In-Between Fantasy Football Podcast, if you're listening to the audio version, um, click that subscribe button on uh, Apple iTunes um, and or Spotify. Really, We really appreciate it. It is the biggest thing that you can do to support the show. And if you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe bell. You're going to know when we go live with fantasy football, fantasy golf, fantasy NASCAR, fantasy UFC, and all the goodness here at IVT. So, guys, let's go ahead and get into it. Without further ado, the NFL first-round mock draft. A lot of anticipation for it, and we're going to hand things off to none other than Nate Colvote drafting for the Jacksonville Jaguars with the 101. Nathan. So, the, I mean, their defense is absolutely terrible. Awful. They need a good edge rusher, defensive end that can stop the run. They're going to go Trayvon Walker out of Georgia. I mean, he's probably the best defensive player in this class on the line. It just makes sense. The need's there. He's talented enough. Done. Nate, is there any fantasy impact to Trayvon Walker going there? Um, you would think obviously it would improve the defense. Maybe Trevor Lawrence isn't, you know, attempting as many passes in, in, in the sophomore year. Is that your thought process? Uh, more than likely. I feel like Doug Peterson's smart enough to kind of tamp that down and give him a chance to succeed. This is a defense that's going to be on the field a fair amount because Lawrence is still going to be making mistakes. If you play IDP, Trayvon yeah. Walker's a guy that I'm probably taking in the first round of an IDP rookie draft. Okay, there you have it. Dan, let's go to you with pick number two here. Aiden Hutchinson, he falls. He's been talked about as the consensus 101, but within the last couple of weeks, odds have changed. Peter Schrager, he dropped his mock draft earlier today. He also went with Nate and Trayvon Walker here. What does Detroit do it to now? Well, uh, with Hutchinson dropping, I'm running this pick up and picking Aiden Hutchinson. I mean, local guy, started – uh, Michigan, he was, you know, he's been the the 101 in, in the real draft for uh, a while now, and it just seems that towards as we get towards the end of the uh, towards the actual draft that he's kind of dropping a little bit. But you know, the the Troy has to start building a defensive identity somewhere, uh, and I think yeah. you know, having him uh, locking that that defensive uh, end spot for the next you know several years is is a great building block to start. So I'm really happy that he dropped uh, to number two and picking him there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You, you know that Dan Campbell would run D- DC down there. He's he's excited to get Aiden, Aiden Hutchinson. That's a character guy, he'd say, down there. Uh, Scott, want to go to you with a third pick, man. Do we get an offensive player off the board here at three? Houston Texans, they finally get some draft picks. They've kind, they kind of got uh, screwed out of a couple here a couple years in a row. Here they are, 2022-103. What you got for us, Scotty? I do. I, I, I will go with an offensive player, but not not a fantasy-related offensive player, at least directly, and that's uh, offensive tackle Evan Neal out of Alabama. Um, I think with Houston having also having a pick at number 13, if they don't trade, then I don't think they can pass up on the best, in my opinion, the best O-lineman in the draft. And they have plenty of other holes, edge rusher, wide receiver, that, you know, they have other, they have other holes to fill. 
but um, a, a offensive lineman of Neil's talent is not going to be there at 13. So yes. I think that I think it's a bit of a no brainer. Uh, my, my only other consideration here when doing this mock was Thibodeau from Oregon. And, and Scott, is there any fantasy impact here for either Davis Mills, who likely will be under center for the Texans in 2022, and or a running back group that we're not sure is solidified just yet? I mean, I think anytime you take an offensive lineman this mm-hmm. high in a draft that you have to expect that it is going to help the help the offense function, give the quarterback yeah. more time, um, you know, <clears throat> open up a, a few more running lanes. I mean, he, he will be a rookie. But I mean, the, the, the Texans have kind of been a laughing stock for a little while. And I, I think they're going to surprise some people this year, to be honest. Absolutely. Brandon Cook's back in the building as well on a two-year deal. Good for Brandon Cook's securing the bag. Good for the Houston Texans finally putting some things together here. I'm going to go with number four here, the New York Jets. I'm going to take Kayvon Thibodeau. I mean, this was a guy who was coming into, um, into the 2022 draft process as the consensus 101 not that long ago. He was a five-star recruit coming into Oregon. And it's not like he had a bad senior season, 10 sacks this season. But, you know, I, I think it's just a little bit of um, comes down to recency bias here. He, he didn't have the huge year that we were expecting in 2021. So Kayvon Thibodeau, I think he goes to the New York Jets, and I think they can compete here as early as 2023. They're going to be a scary, scary unit all the way around. I think that's a good pick, and I think that's where they'll go if he's there. But they're not going to be scary until 2024. All right, all right, all right, Nate. But I like the pick. What happens in 2024? What happens in 2024? I think Zach Wilson's a year older. I think that defense has had a year to gel. I think that that team has found its identity in 2024, and they're a team that becomes a player in the AFC East, maybe. All right, we'll see what happens there. Um, Nate, I do want to go to you to another rebuilding team not that far um, from the Jets, uh, sticking it there in uh, in New Jersey, East Rutherford, New York Giants. They're getting this pick from Chicago, Nate. Um, where are you going with the 105 here? A lot of, <clears throat> lot of rebuilding to do for the New York Giants. So no one other than Sauce Gardner. This The Giants defense is terrible, top to bottom. They have very little to be excited about, and they have no depth at cornerback. They need a playmaker. They need someone who can cover – because if you look at the NFC East and their schedule and the guys they're consistently facing, if they're going up against CD lamb every yeah. season, they've got to have someone who can cover them if they want to compete in that division. Sauce Gardner is a guy who can become that corner for them. It's just too easy. This is their, one of their biggest needs. Well, and there also seems like they're pushing James Bradbury out, out the mm-hmm. door. They don't seem to want to do, have anything to do with Bradbury and he's been a solid corner the last few years. So I it's it's got to be something about culture. I mean, yeah. locker room presence, something like that, because it is weird. But obviously, I mean, I, I just see Sauce Gardner being the guy that they're going to want with this pick. Yeah. Congratulations to Sauce Gardner getting that back, man, from Cincinnati. You love to hear that story going in the top five here. Dan, I want to go to you with the decisive number six pick here. Carolina Panthers on the clock. They have not had a franchise quarterback since the man, the myth, the legend, Cameron Newton. So this is the first, I think, fantasy-relevant pick of the draft so far. So everyone knows that Carolina's you know, front office and coaching staff is in a lot of trouble. So I think uh, they, they go at quarterback here. I'm going to give them uh, Kenny Pickett uh, from Pitt. I think you yep. know, everyone knows that Sam Darnold is not the answer uh, in Carolina. I think Carolina really likes uh, Pickett. I think he – you know, everyone makes uh, light of the hands issue, and I think that's way overblown. I think, you know, he's one of the better – 
QBs in his class, uh, top to bottom. So I think, you know, with the weapons they have there, DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, and the like, he can step right in and find some success there. Kenny Pickett, man. I was hoping he would fall all the way down to the Pittsburgh Steelers at 20. Dan takes him off the board for the Carolina Panthers, which seems to almost be the consensus now. We, we saw a lot of Malik Willis a couple weeks ago going in that 106 slot. Now there's some talk about Pickett, you know, might be on, on, on the way out there at that pick six, guys. Um, let's go ahead and move to, to pick 107 here. Scott, um, another pick for the New York Giants. They need this one just as bad. So if I were the Giants, I would be watching intently as Carolina made this pick and rooting so heavily that they went quarterback. That way, Akeem Aquanu could fall to number seven. Probably, I mean, arguably the 1B, in my opinion, to the Evan Neal mm-hmm. 1A uh, offensive lineman in this draft. And, you know, the the mock drafts, I've, I've been looking over mock drafts for the last month. I think I've looked at like 35 of them. And I mean, the, the Panthers, it's, it's about 60% QB, 40% offensive lineman. So I think with the seventh pick, it's a, if they don't trade, I mean, the Giants are in a good position with two top 10 picks to make a trade. But if they're still picking here and Aquanu is there, it's a, it's a smash. I can't see the Giants trading out of that spot. They have too many needs. They, they need an offensive line. They they need an offensive line. And there are some lineman. good offensive linemen in this class. And, I mean, if they could walk out of the first round with uh, Sauce Gardner and Aquanu, that's yeah, it's pretty solid. That's a win for the Giants for sure. Yeah. And, and, Scott, I think this affects no one more than Saquon Barkley back there. He's a guy I've already been targeting in a lot of leagues this season just because of the ADP. It's, it's fallen because of the injury history here. Um, do you like do you like uh, Saquon if if it is offensive line here at, at the seventh pick? Yeah, I mean, an improvement to the offensive line, I, I still believe in Saquon. I mean, I, I don't think we're going to see the, the uh, otherworldly season he had um, after all these injuries, but – you know, I, I still think he's a really talented running back. And I mean, a you know, a franchise, almost franchise level offensive tackle. Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah, yes, sir. It'd be, be a big boon for him. Yep. All right, guys. Speaking of an offense that also needs to re- retool here, we have the Atlanta Falcons coming up at the eighth pick. And b- because he is on the board still, I'm going to have to go Garrett Wilson. I'm going to go with the consensus here out of Ohio State. Garrett Wilson is a player, you know, he's a, at first when I sat down and watched his tape, guys, I'll be honest. Like, I was like, man, is this really like the, the one one wide receiver? Cause like, he kind of looks like, I don't know, out of control at times, you know, like his, his tape almost makes him look out of control, like a, a little wobbly. Um, but when you really see the explosiveness, this guy has, he puts it all together. There is no Calvin Ridley this season um, unless something changes there. And if they have any hope of being a relevant franchise in 2022, they need to open up the field for Marcus Mariota. Garrett Wilson is the best way to do that. Um, he had, a, you know, j- just an absolute beast of a season here at Ohio State, 70 receptions, uh, 1,058 yards. And he can even run a little bit too. He had four for 76 and one on the ground. So I think it's a great add here for uh for the Atlanta Falcons. And I think Garrett Wilson, he makes a compelling case still, even if he lands here as the 101 rookie wide receiver. I think that's fair. And you have to remember his quarterback was CJ Stroud, who struggled hard the first half of the season. He was trying to figure out that offense. Once Stroud figured it out, Wilson looked a ton better. It's a great point. Great point, Nate. Um, I've watched a lot of Big Ten football this season, and it seemed like every time I turned it on, it's either Garrett Wilson or Olave making a play down the field. So, um, all right, Nate, I'm coming back to you here now. Seattle, th- th- these are Scott, the Scott's team here. 
Russell Wilson, you took you took Scott's boy right from him out to Denver this season. Um, I did nothing. <laughs> your, your franchise, long and behold, um, they did that. So now what does Seattle do here with the ninth pick, Nate? So I actually didn't think he was going to fall to this ninth pick, but I wrote about how much I want him to land in Seattle for fantasy pros, Malik Willis. The dude is kind of like Russell Wilson. Um, he has the same qualities. He's a little bit more like mobile, I suppose, like down the field mobile. He'll run the ball more than Russell Wilson will, but he's got similar arm strength. He's just raw. Mm -hmm. Sit him behind Drew Locke for a season. Understand that you're going to lose a lot in a really good division. But in 2023, you're going to have a quarterback in Malik Willis that is basically going to pick up where Russ left off and keep going with what Pete Carroll wants to do with that offense anyway. Well, and Nate, I think this is a solid pick for, for the Seattle Seahawks here, just because, I mean, how many times have we seen that at the, at the end of the day, um, the, the Seattle Seahawks, they want to do what the NFL is moving towards. And that is big body quarterbacks who have a cannon of an arm and are mobile. And I, I think Malik Willis fits this profile. Scott, any issue with this pick being a Seattle fan? Yes. <laughs> you shouldn't, though. This is the best thing I, for your hold franchise. Up, hold on, hold on. I don't want the Seahawks to go quarterback at nine. Um, I mean, it's not that I, I hate Malik Willis, but, you know, I've been reading up on him and from some trusted people. It is, it is thought that he has the most to figure out and work on out of all the top-level QBs coming out. It's just that he's a dual threat, so he has that, he has that appeal. But I would much rather the Seahawks go after a different need, either an offensive lineman, a cornerback. And then, you know, honestly, if they could, if, if Ritter fell to the end of the first, trade back into the first and grab Ritter, um, I would just, I would rather take one of those linchpin other positions. And if they're not going to be good this year, regardless, right? So I would much rather put my cards on a 2023 rookie quarterback. That's, that's what I would rather do. But at the same time, as a fan who hasn't who hasn't watched his team have a top ten pick in ten years, if they pick Malik Willis, I'm going to be excited. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, Dan. Another pick for the New York Jets here. A lot of people. Drake London is the consensus here at, at the one ten. I know you're not crazy high on Drake London, but what what do the Jets do? Are they high on him? Are they going to make the same mistake that they've made time and time again here in the first round drafts? Uh, no, they're not. So the first pick, they Jeffs went with with Thibodeau on the defensive line to shore up that defense. So I'm going to go ahead to the other uh, line of scrimmage, the O line, and take Charles Cross uh, from Mississippi State. I think you know Love Cross that. didn't didn't allow pressure versus Alabama all of last year. He definitely solidifies that line. He gives you know the quarterback uh, a much better chance, which is something that Jets quarterbacks don't really have a lot of uh, the past couple of years. So definitely shores shores up that that O-line for them and makes the offense overall better uh, for a long time. So uh, I'm happy that he lots it here. He's definitely, you know, one of the last uh, like uh, tackles, like the, the top tier of tackles, I'd say. So um, I'm happy that he lasted this long. Yeah. hundred percent. The Jets get a lot better adding key pieces, both offensive deep and defense here in the top 10 picks guys. Let's run through this top 10 one more time. Just so the listeners know. Trayvon Walker going to Jacksonville at the 101. Aiden Hutchinson to the Detroit Lions at two. Evan Neal from Alabama. He's going to go off the board at three to Houston. Kayvon Thibodeau at four to the Jets. Sauce Gardner going into the New York Giants. K 
Carolina is going to take Kenny Pickett. And then the New York Giants, they come back, they get Iki Aquinwa, the offensive tackle out of NC State there. Atlanta, they're going to go Garrett Wilson, add some receivers there. And then Seattle, Malik Willis. And then you just heard Charles Cross to the New York Jets as well. All right, Scott, the pressure is on you now here outside the top 10. Maybe the Big Ten really in this draft have gone so far. So what do you do here at the 11th pick? Washington, a really disappointing season for them in 2021. So this is one where, at least, again, according to a lot of the industry mocks, uh, the, the tendency looks like wide receiver for the commanders at this pick. But in our specific scenario, Kyle Hamilton falling that far, they don't necessarily need a safety as much as they need a, a few other positions. But I, I'd be taking Kyle Hamilton. He, you know, he's fallen a little bit. You know, a month ago, he was, he was in half the mocks I, I looked at, he was number two overall. Yeah. Yep. And now he's fallen a little bit. I think people are a little concerned about the injury. But I think at 11, I think he's a top 10 talent. So I think if he's sitting there at 11, the commanders jump on him. I love this pick. I mean, he realistically is one of the top three players probably in this draft. So, I mean, it just makes sense. Like, I think the big issue here, and would you agree with me, Scott, like safety just is not a premier position in the NFL anymore. I mean, we saw the mistakes Seattle made trading so much to get one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you don't, and I mean, that it, it, it shows up in the numbers. You know, there's one or two safeties that go in the first round. Yeah. Um, but, the, I mean, he's, he's a special one. So um, if, I were the, if I were the commanders, I'd be ecstatic if he was sitting there at 11. Yes, sir. Moving on to 12 here now, the Minnesota Vikings on the clock. Um, just a couple of disappointing seasons for the Vikings here, but there, there's, a new, there's a new chief in town, guys. A lot of upside for the Minnesota Vikings here in 2022. And I think they're going to add to their defense. They're going to go Derek Stingley Jr., cornerback out of LSU. And I think it just makes sense here. Durante Jones, he is their defensive coordinator. He was also the D.C. Um, down at LSU in 2019, where uh, Stingley looked oh so good that year. We haven't seen a lot out of him the last couple of years. He's been injured. He's been banged up. He's underperformed. There's no doubt about that. I, I think the biggest question with Stingley is can he be a leader, though? Can he be a leader? Can he be a locker room presence? I think if he goes to Minnesota, he learns under Patrick Peterson, one of the all-time GOAT corners, GOAT leaders in this league. He's going to make a big impact for the Minnesota Vikings, although I don't really see a huge fantasy impact coming from this move. I mean, even in IDP, I don't know that he's going to get enough traction year one where it's something where you're going to want to really have him around. Right. But I, I think it just makes him that much more competitive. I think the Vikings mm-hmm. are a dangerous team this this year, I would not be surprised. I'm sure we'll do divisional breakdowns later this offseason, guys. But um, NFC North, man, they could. I mean, they should probably go with it. I think they should go quarterback with this. Stop, league. stop. Like, Kirk yeah. Cousins is one of the best <laughs> QBs in the NFC at this point. What? Um, I mean, okay. He's top six. He's top sad, six. But true. That's not saying but, a lot. Right. Sad, but true. All right. Nate, I'm throwing it back to you here for Houston. Um, coming up here at pick 13, uh, another pick for Houston after they've been starved of them for the last few seasons, Nate. Yep. So I think Houston's going to go Jordan Davis, the defensive tackle out of Georgia here. Uh, he's an explosive defensive tackle. Um, I, I had the privilege of getting to talk to John Harris from Texans.com uh, like a week ago. And this is something that he, the last two times I've talked to him, this is something he's hammered on. They're going to go offensive line, which is why I love the Neil pick because that's, that's what they're, that's what they're going to do. They're going to take Evan Neal if he's there. 
but then they really need defensive help. They're without Jadavian Clowney. They traded JJ Watt. They have nothing on this defense. It's really of any substance, especially on the defensive line. And they need a run stopper. And Jordan Davis is a run stopper. Love it. Love that. Nope. Pick, man. Uh, and fantasy wise, like if you're playing in IDP leagues, I might grab this guy. He's probably mm-hmm. a third or fourth rounder in a rookie draft, but I'd take him. Yeah. 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 I think, out, I think too. Cause I think, I mean, I think ideally the Texans would get an edge rusher, but I, be, I think Jordan Davis at this stage is better than the edge rushers that are left as far yeah. as what they need for their defensive line. So yes, I think, sir. I mean, I think he's a steal honestly at that, at that spot. Yes, sir. Yeah. I want to shout out Brad Bolt for setting me up with John Harris, by the way, with his NFL labs podcast. Yeah, heck yeah. We appreciate Brad's support here at IBT. Uh, Brad's a member of the IBT family. Can't, you know, we love the support over there on our Patreon um, and our Discord that Brad gives us. So appreciate that, Brad. Um, Dan, I want to move to you, though. Baltimore up here at number 14. This is a really low-key compelling pick because Baltimore mm-hmm. doesn't pick often inside the top 15. It was a down year in 2021 mm-hmm. after an 8-3 start. Um, Dan, where are you going here at pick 14? So for, for Baltimore here, I'm going to take uh, Trevor Penning, the offensive tackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Baltimore gave uh, NFL high 47 sacks last year. Their entire offense is predicated on the run game, and they don't really have much on the offensive line. You know, Adele Orlando Brown, uh, Villanueva's old. Uh, Ronnie Staley's injured a lot of the time, so they could really use an injection of, of uh, fresh blood there uh, along the line. Is, and um, Penning can, can, you know, start right away. You can just plug him right in and, and go from there. So they take advantage of, you know, picking a little bit earlier than they're, than they're used to and getting a really good tackle prospect. It makes sense. It makes sense. I mean, what does Baltimore love to do? They love to run the ball with Lamar Jackson and those RBs. And if they're going to do it more efficiently in 2022, um, Penning, he's going to, he's going to add to that. So I love that pick there, Dan. Thank you. All right, and then a pick Dan might not. All right, like here we go. Here, here we go. You have an opportunity here. Dan's team, the Philadelphia Eagles, are on the board at 15. They've made some mistakes in the past couple first rounds be, of drafts. What do they do here at pick 15? With I don't, some obvious needs. Obvious needs. What are you going to do, Scott? God. I, at number 15, am going with Drake. No. Separation, is, separation is overrated London. Um, oh, no. At 15. I don't think London makes it past Atlanta or the Jets, to be Another honest. Mistake. He's the he's the second best wide receiver in this class after Wilson Easy. to me. Easy. Yeah. No, oh yeah. Easy. I that. Oh, get out of here with that. those get out of here with that get out of here with that Olave stuff. Nope. Um I mean Jamison Jameson Williams is, is number three, so Olave's you, you gotta keep going. Um, <laughs> so I just they, they need they desperately out here choosing violence. Holy, they desperately need another need another wide receiver and Drake London. I, no, I want a good one. I don't want Drake London. Um, he is. I, I don't understand this. I don't understand this Drake London <laughs> hatred. I mean, dude, there's, more to, there's oh. more to separation than the space between you and the defender when you catch the ball. There, he's a, he's a big bodied receiver. He's a zone killer. He could use he could he can use some improvement in man to man coverage and preach Scott for sure. Preach, but he's a zone killer. He's a good route runner. He is mm. he is known as being NFL ready right now with his NFL intelligence. Um, he's got the size. He's got enough speed. He's got enough yak. Um, I just I think he's a top ten re- top ten receiver, and that the Eagles I think they grab him if he's there. Granted, there is- it is it is not the best fantasy landing spot for Drake London. Yeah. There isn't a better receiver 
at the line of scrimmage in this draft. I mean, period. At, at the line of scrimmage, period. if you want to argue um, that, that that's he wins okay. line of scrimmage that's and fun. he at we, point of catch, it. he wins at point nope. of catch every time. Okay, he creates talked, separation. We will end this conversation, but we because I mean, we can have a whole show on Drake London, honestly. Because we, we tried to last night, my yeah. internet was busted. We know it's polarizing. All I'm going to leave you with, Scott, is. 46% of this guy's career receptions are within five yards. So the A dot's going to be low there. And also, he's not a huge yak guy outside the top 240 in the country in yak. And that's behind all the other top six prospects at the position. So I'm a little worried that he, he has such a low A dot, but he can't extend plays either. So I think that's my biggest concern. It, Dan, is that your biggest concern? Yeah, I want nothing to do with him. I just don't. Like, I don't. He's not a good yak guy. His acceleration offline is terrible. Like he's not, it's not, no, I don't want he's to. A, he, he's better with the ball in his hands after the catch than you would think for a man of his size is what I'm saying. I'm not saying he's leading the nation in yak. And I mean, it's hard to argue with six of, what is it? Six of eight games over 130 yards receiving this past year before he got hurt. Four of eight games over 160 yards receiving. The dude's a, he's a, he's a monster. So, so Philly'd be lucky to have him. No, Scott, in, <laughs> Scott no. in your world, in your world where, where Philly is, is lucky to have him, I don't want um, how do you see this affecting the team? Because I think, it, you know, whatever receiver, if they take a receiver here, it's a boost for Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts already a very appealing quarterback here. If you're going late round QB strategy, um, do you think it boosts him or do you think and do you think it hurts Devonta Smith at all? No, I think it, it can only help Jalen Hurts if he's the starter. And I think it can only help Devonta Smith. The, the the whole notion that you bring in this receiver, this other good receivers, it, that's not the way it works. If the offense gets better, the good receivers get better. Um, so, so sweet, sweet. So Drake London, wide receiver one. All right. Um, all right. We can move on from Drake London. Dan and, Dan and I have all offseason to talk about Drake London. Yes. All right, Seth, now it's your turn to do Cooter's team. Yes. Yeah, so we're going to go here. Number 16, the New Orleans Saints. And this is a trade. This is one of the picks that they got from Philly, who Philly got from Indy. Um, hashtag Carson Wentz, love that shit. Um, but guys, I look at New Orleans here, and they either moved up or they moved back into this first round to get that second pick for one of two reasons. Either one, they're trading up to get a QB, which I don't think they necessarily are with the contract they gave Jameis Winston. Um, but I think they're going to surround Winston with talent, and that's going to bring Chris Olave, my wide receiver two in this class from Ohio State down to the Big Easy boys. And I just think this is one of the best all-round wide receivers in this class. He is the best route runner. I don't care what you say. He's the best route runner, the smoothest. You know, he reminds me a little bit of of, of the way he's nitty-gritty over the middle of the field like a Manny Sanders. I think he is elusive, but I think he is more explosive than Sanders, and I think he can be a Brandon Cooks in the way he can get down the field too. So – Take Brandon Cooks, take Manny Sanders, have a baby. You get Chris Olave. I think he's going to be an absolute beast here. And, you know, Traquan Smith's had his time, man. Marquez Callaway, he's had a couple years. They haven't showed up. Now it's his time. Um, I think he'd be a great complimentary number two wide receiver across from Michael Thomas. I agree. Also, how did you say Winston's first name? No, you, you, I used to always pronounce it correctly. I pronounce it. Oh, so you're blaming this on me. Yes, I am. I never even heard it pronounced (laughs) Jameis until I met Nate. So, and then you just said it. And I've been saying it. I apologize in between fam out there. I apologize. I'll try to (laughs) put a a stick of mouth or stick of soap in my mouth for that one. Um, I'll I'll, 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 I'll
I like Olave. I have nothing wrong with Olave other than the senior declare thing, but I just like to, I like Williams better. It was it was like, a business by, decision by one slot. My business decision yeah. in my mind. I mean, that was a great class last season. I think he 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 it paid off to stay one more year at OSU. They had a shot to win the title as well. Um, guys, so let's go ahead and move forward here. Nate, the Chargers, they are on the board after a run of wide receivers here. There's been a lot of rumors that Jamison Williams could be a guy the Chargers are targeting here at the 17th pick. They just signed Mike Williams, though. So, so what are you looking for, for to, to build around Justin Herbert, or do you go defense? So they need offensive line. Uh, they have some not glaring needed offensive line, but it's one of the few needs that they really like actually have on offense. So getting a first-round talent on the line is important. Zion Johnson out of Boston College, he's the best offensive lineman on the board at this point at 17. I think because of that, they take him. Okay. Okay. And, and I think that's only going to help Austin Eckler, and Jay Herbo. Exactly. And the, you know, exactly. all those boys. And, and let's be honest, those boys are studs down there. Those boys are mm-hmm. studs out in Los Angeles, man. I'm excited to see um, what, what they can do. I, I think this, you know, going to offensive line two years in a row, I think that's powerful. Brandon Staley is setting a message. Let's see if he exactly. makes the right decisions on the field, though. Yep. All right, Dan, going back to you, man. You do get a Philadelphia Eagles pick here. This one's from New Orleans. Um, what do you do here for Philly? You going back to the wide receiver hole? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm going on the opposite side of the ball. I mean, uh, on defense, we really don't have uh, anyone that that's a marquee guy, anyone that really a, a building block for the future uh, that we can feel comfortable with. So I'm going to go ahead and take uh, Jermaine Johnson, the defensive end of Florida State. Uh, you know, Brandon Graham's getting really old. He's like 34. He's coming off a really massive injury. Um, Derek Barnett is just not good uh, at playing football. Uh, so, yeah. I, so, uh, so I think uh, Dwayne Johnson can come right in, uh, start at a defensive defensive end, and hopefully start building that uh, the Philly D back up. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I mean, Fletcher Cox is kind of you know those guys have anchored that defense for so long, and I think now is really a change of guard for the Philadelphia defense, and I think it starts here. I think they'd be pretty happy if Johnson fell fell all the way down here to eighteen. That seems like a a pretty good steal there. Yeah, I'd be really happy too, honestly. I'll be fine taking a 15 if he's there, to be honest. All right. All right. Well, Scott, the final pick from the Philly-New Orleans fallout trade here. They go on the board at 19. What do they do here? They just added my guy, Chris Olave. Um, do they go back to the offensive side of the ball? I don't think so. Um, I mean, I think you know a common thought might be they would go quarterback at one of these two picks. But honestly, I think if they go wide receiver at, at the first pick, I think they have they have other – they have other problems to solve, and edge rusher is one of those problems. I was really hoping when we were doing this mock that Jermaine Johnson would fall one more pick. Um, so I went with, in my opinion, the best edge rusher left on the board, and that's George Car- Carlaftis out of Purdue. There's kind of a tear break, a, a little bit of a tear break on edge rusher after George. Um, so that's that's who I would have them picking at 19. Yeah, I, I mean, Cam Jordan, dude, he he can't anchor that thing forever. He's done it for so long, Hall of Fame player. Um, so I, I like the pick here. Well, and Scott. I and I I believe in Jamius Winston to be able to to lead them <laughs> for the next. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean they just signed Jamius Winston. I mean, you know, he knows that system, and so I don't think that I don't think they have to take a quarterback in this first round. All right. Fair enough. Another team that might be forced into actually taking quarterback, though, is my Pittsburgh Steelers sitting here at pick 20. 
No. Guys, this was a tough one. This was a really tough one for the kid here. I'm going to be straight up with you guys. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of mock drafts. I mean, a, a lot of mock drafts out there right now. Some of them do have Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, one of those guys sliding here at 20. I, I think if one of those guys did fall at 20, it would be an instant, you know, smash that, smash that button for Pittsburgh. However, I don't think that as we mocked out, those guys are going a ways before this. I almost thought Desmond Ritter in here. I, I have been rising on Desmond Ritter quite a bit. I've looked a lot more into him since he seems like a, a possible, you know, potential starter here for Pittsburgh. However, I think maybe that they'll move up in the second round if they really want him. I think they're going to go Kenyon Green here, offensive guard out of Texas A&M, former Aggie baby. Um, and I just think this comes down to positional need here. Um, it's kind of another tier break type of thing. I think Kenyon Green is the last good interior um, guard left in this draft, at least at this level. Um, and Kevin Dotson there on the Steelers offensive line, dude has no business starting for the Steelers, starting for the, the, the Falcons, starting for the Lions. This dude should not be a starter in the NFL. They need to address this offensive line if they want to help Najee Harris at all. I mean, you look back at the Steelers' yards per carry last few seasons, it has been awful, whether it's been Harris, whether it's James Conner. If they want to improve that, it starts right here, adding Kenyon Green. I can't disagree. I mean, we all know that their biggest weakness is offensive line and quarterback last year, Big Ben. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, I think that they go Carson Strong second or third round. Ooh. And I think that's a really good pick for Pittsburgh because I think that his skill set fits. Thanks, Jackson, for asking me to watch rookie film with him last night. <laughs> um, there's just something about Carson Strong's skill set that says Pittsburgh to me. And no, that he's a guy who can don't. sit – no, but he can sit behind troops for like two seasons. And I think that would be really good for him. Uh, I don't want be NFL two ready. Troops, bro. I'm, I'm good on that. I'm I good think on. you're going to be surprised at how much you oh, actually dude. want. I'll take maybe Matt a Corral. Third. I'll take Desmond Ritter. Oh, no, take... Carson take... Strong is the dude for Pittsburgh. Stop. Stop. Okay. All right. I will stop, and I'm going to move on to the 21st pick for the New England Patriots. Jahan Dotson, wide receiver out of Pennsylvania State University, which – um, somebody lives like minutes from that campus. Look, I love Jahan Dotson. His talent. I did too. He's explosive. He knows how to find open space. He's really good off the line. He's probably just like slightly behind Drake London with what he does to the line of scrimmage. But here's the thing. He's a small, slight slot guy. Danny Amendola, Wes Welker, Julian Edelman. These are guys that Bill Belichick loved and used effectively. He, okay, Bill Belichick loves slight slot receivers like Jahan Dotson almost as much as he loves pasty white, slightly chubby quarterbacks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that he turns into Hall of Famers. It, it, it just it, it, like I can't. If Jahan Dotson is available, there's no way New England doesn't take him. They don't have a ton of needs. This man. is something they need, though. They need they need that explosive slot wide receiver, the guy who's sneaky, the guy who can cut through defenses, who can find his way to get running a lot of slants and a lot of like the short. 
he's a perfect fit for this offense. They get him. Like I might bump Mac Jones like two or three spots in my dynasty rankings just because of it. Wow, so you're just crazy. Four to two. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have him at I think I have I'm, him at eleven right now. But still, yeah. the point being, dude, if he's around, mm, so in fantasy wise, I think like, I think if 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 they if they want Dotson that badly, then then you know maybe look at trading back to the twenty eight spot with Green Bay or something like. You don't need to take Dotson at twenty one. Belichick doesn't um, give a shit about that. He took in Kill Harry at 24. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he, Belichick might be real. Bill Belichick might be one of the few GMs in all of football who's like F draft capital. But, but, I don't care. He's that's gonna be a shirt. We're gonna make a shirt out of that. Belichick <laughs> doesn't give an F about draft capital. Neither does Kyle Shanahan at 24. Right. There's some of these guys that just don't care. And we get so wrapped up in like, well, why not trade back? Like, but yeah, but what am I gonna do? Just no, I'm, I'm just saying I'm just good. saying that if if he thinks he could trade back where Dotson is probably more likely to go, then you get your guy and more picks. You know what I mean? Like, I think there'll be other people that would okay. want to jump up here to take Jamison Williams or Traylon Burks. Maybe you know Maybe. they could go to they could go green not Green Bay because they're right up next at twenty two. I just I just think that's just too high for Dotson for me. I don't I don't think it is. I'm going to be honest. I don't think like uh, I I know looking at other consensus mock drafts, it is a little higher than we've seen. Scott um, definitely with Traylon Burke still on the board as well. However, Dotson deserves to be in that that conversation. Mm-hmm. And not that Nate sold him short at all, but I mean, this guy can play outside too. He can he, play outside. He really yes. does look like a Deontay Johnson out there. He, I mean, and he made it work with Sean Clifford, guys. Sean yep. Clifford. Um, just, you know, atrocious QB play, maybe the worst QB play. Yeah. Dan saying it all down there, man. I mean, he Ew. comes from a, you know, not not a powerhouse offensive team. And, and I saw this guy in person every home game, so I am a little biased, but. I, I do think just a little. Think, yeah, I think just Jahan Dobson would be the real deal. Although I well, hate I mean, I, going I, to the dark side. I already me. told you I have Jamison Williams as my wide receiver three, so obviously that tells why yeah. I would rather have him at twenty-one. <laughs> All right, well, Dan, let's go to you here at pick number twenty-two, um, Green Bay Packers. This is the one from the Las Vegas Raiders in exchange for Devontae Adams. What do they do to address either the that need on the offensive side of the ball? or repair that defense a little bit that lost uh, Zadari Smith and a couple other key players this offseason. All right, so if the draft breaks down this way, I think the Packers are going to be ecstatic. They'll take exactly 1.2 seconds to run up this pick. It's going to be, <laughs> be Traylon Burks. Uh, if Burks is still available at the at this spot at 22, uh, you know, he's going to, the Packers are going to take him. You know, 6'3", 225, he, he's a, you know, Everyone says he's like the the Debo like guy. He he fits right in there. They obviously have a huge need at wide receiver because they really have no one there, besides Alan Lazard. Uh, so you know, he had a great game against Texas A&M. Uh, so he can run the ball if you need him to. Breaks tackles. So uh, yeah, I think they'll be re- they'd be really happy. Aaron Rodgers would be really happy to to get him there at, at twenty two. Mm-hmm. Man, I I really hope Dotson would go to Green Bay and I could root for him, <laughs> but. I, I mean, I, I think the pick's solid, though. I mean, uh, you're right. You're right, Dan. If Traylon Burks falls here and a guy like Chris Olave is already off the board, I think Burks is probably an auto smash for Green Bay. They need help. And, I mean, I I, I do have questions about Burks' burst a little bit and, and his top-end speed. But yeah, he but... profiles as an alpha. He profiles as an alpha, and you can't argue that. Well, and the thing is he's going to have one to two seasons of, like, very minimal usage in Green Bay 
where he's sitting behind oh, Alan Lazard. No. Oh no! Oh no! Dude, Devonte Adams. Devonte Adams didn't nope. crack wide receiver two territory until okay, season but they had, three. They had Jordy Nelson, James Jones. They had some dogs on that team, Nate. I love. Doesn't dude. matter. I love Alan okay. Lazard. This okay. dude loves Alan Lazard. Trust me, I'm an Alan Lazard home. It's, but it's not about that. The I reason I there's a reason closet, I like, but there's a reason I love Alan Lazard. I love Alan Lazard because he's familiar with Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers does not throw the ball consistently to receivers. Done. He doesn't have a body of work with, but he's going to have to now he's going to, no, he to doesn't. Now. He has Alan Lazard, but he hasn't uh, had a trail in Burks. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. He had a Devonte Adams. He didn't throw two for two seasons. That's well, I mean, yes, that is the way that played out. I just think a little bit too much is being uh, invested and that's exactly how it's going to go every single time. Yeah, I think now that they have Burks, I mean, if okay, I mean, yes, that's if, fair if, if Adams was there, then yes, I would say Burks would probably be uh, the second fiddle. But uh, I think a little bit, bit too much praise is going Alan Lazard's way these days. <laughs> I love um, Alan Lazard, bro. But right? no, you, you, I don't, I don't have that big of a problem with him. I just don't think because he's familiar with the system supersedes everything I else. Yeah, um, and okay. I think I think Burks is going to get peppered early if he goes to Green Bay. I'm going to mm-hmm. go do some stat study because I think I can support my argument. All right. But you're still wrong, though. <laughs> so I might be. Who I knows? Would say, I would say if Traylon Burks went to Green Bay, he could be in the argument for the rookie wide receiver one, at least in redraft, 100%. I would be pounding the table for him. Whoever see, goes to Green Bay, I'm pounding the table for him. Nate, I don't even really disagree with Nate's point. I mean, Alan Lazard is probably still going to be the one, even if Burks goes. But yeah. Burks, at the very worst, is going to be two. Like, there's no way he can right. go anywhere. He's not going to be beaten out by Sammy Watkins or Randall Cobb or whoever. So he's definitely going to get more than Well, now Cobb. MVS is gone. So Amari Rogers, baby. Bad. Right. Hey. So there's, there's no way that, that Burks isn't seeing the field either way immediately. So no, I don't pick. disagree. Right. I just don't know that he's like – I like the pick, but I think that you're talking about like if you're drafting him in Dynasty, you're going to have to be very, very patient. Is all no, I okay. All right, let's, let's move on. Let's let, move on. Let's move forward, guys. We, we got little time and a few picks to still get through here. 23 Scott, Arizona Cardinals. A lot of questions there with Kyler Murray. What do they do at 23? All right, I'll take us back down to Boringsville. Um, I think Arizona, Arizona's <laughs> gonna go. I think they're gonna go cornerback at this pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could go receiver. Jameson Williams would be, would, would be, would be uh, tempting here, but I'm going with uh, my college. UW Huskies, Trent McDuffie, cornerback out of UW. Nope. Makes um, the most sense for Arizona, for sure. Yeah, I mean, he's I think he's the third best cornerback in this draft. So, I mean, if, if he's available there at 23, and a lot of the mocks I've seen, he's been he's been long gone by 23. So I'm 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 smashing on Trent McDuffie. When you have to play against Cooper yes. Cup, DK Metcalf two times a year, you need right. an elite cornerback. They don't have that. Um, Scott, I love that pick, man. I'm gonna follow that up here with Dallas at pick number 24. I'm going to go with Tyler Lindenbaum, and I think this is just a smash play for them. He's the center out of Iowa. God, I hate Iowa. Freaking Who does it? Iowa. Yeah, I, I, noticed, I, mean, I noticed that in the show sheet. Yeah, I just hate <laughs> Iowa, man. Every, every time I, I write Iowa, you have to write sucks afterwards. I know. I was like, where, who wrote sucks? <laughs> yeah. Who cares about Iowa that much? <laughs> Um, but, but guys, I, I'll be honest here. I mean, this would be huge. They, this would be huge. They did not properly replace Travis Frederick when he retired a season ago. And I think Tyler Lindenbaum is the right way to go here. This does not only help Dak in the pocket. This is also going to help Zeke's fantasy value as well. 
I'm already smashing Zeke this season as well. I've been like going like not zero RB, but like RB zero through the first two rounds. Zeke's been my RB two or one, um, taken in the third or fourth round back end. So I don't know. I think this could be a great move for not only the Cowboys, but their skill players as well. Um, yeah, man. Tyler Lindenbaum to the moon, Zeke to the moon, baby. Yeah, when Denver picked Lloyd Cushenberry, people were like, oh, it's not a sexy pick. It's like, no, but it is because it made their offensive line better, which makes their Cushenberry running backs better. That is sexy. It's a sexy name, Cushenberry. Cushenberry. <laughs> Especially today. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to – Go ahead. I'm gonna keep. I'm just gonna keep this non-sexy trend up. Um, I've got Buffalo at 25. Buffalo's taking Andrew Booth out of Clemson. Oh, I have man. it on good authority from one Jeff Bell that they need a cornerback, which I also knew, but you know, name dropping, because um, he's my homie. <clears throat> Buffalo is another team. They have very minimal needs. Like they're probably looking running back at some point in this draft, but we're talking like third, fourth, fifth round. Zach Moss and your boy Devin Singletary are serviceable. Obviously, Stefan Diggs, Isaiah like Dawson Knox. Now they've got OJ Howard. This is a team that's very good. Their defense is good. Their offense is good. They could use some depth at corner and they have a first round pick. I wouldn't be surprised if they maybe traded this pick. But if they keep it, it's going to be Andrew Booth. Is, if he's... is the rationale that they're going to have to face Tyreek Hill more every season as well as just in the playoffs, mm. they have to start Jim, stop Jamar Chase, Juju, and that gang over there in Kansas City as well? Is that just really what it comes down to is like well, yeah, they just don't... shot at the end of that playoff game, Nate? Yes, and they don't have – if they can add depth at corner, that's probably the most important thing they can do in this draft. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'd um, say about 70-plus percent of the, the 35 or whatever mocks I've looked at all at cornerback. Although I will say, Buffalo at, at this pick is the only one I've seen so far that took Brees Hall in a mock. I don't. I, I think Sean McDermott's too smart. Sean McDermott is too, too smart same. to give, give that money same. to an RB in the first round. I, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. Dan, let's go to you. Tennessee, 26. What do you got for us? All right, so in this uh... – Exercise. I'm just assuming that AJ Brown is still around in uh, in Tennessee. Uh, hopefully, you know he is unless he gets traded or whatever. Uh, but uh, still, you know, after that, you have Robert Woods and then Nick Westbrook and And I can't believe that this guy is still available here. But I'm going to go ahead and take yeah. Jameson Williams. Steal of the first Tennessee. round right here, <laughs> dude. That uh, shit happens. Justin Jefferson slid too. Yes, yeah, sir. So, you know, that that is it's a twofold thing. If that guards against if AJ Brown does leave, then Jameson Williams can step right in and be that number one. And if he doesn't leave, then you have that field he's the best field stretcher in this draft. You know, there, there's an argument to be made that he could be the number one receiver to take in. So the fact that I can get him here at 26 uh to pair with AJ Brown if he stays is simply incredible. Uh and Ryan Tannehill will be a very happy camper if uh, if Williams gets the spot. And it would help it would help AJ Brown for sure. Yeah. A ton. I don't think he's the best field. This is a conversation again for another day, but he's not the best field stretcher. That's Garrett Wilson, easy, or Chris Olave. I agree with Chris that. Olave is not even close. <clears throat> but Jameson, but here's the thing: is that Jameson Williams is still good. Jameson still, Williams had to run first for Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson to get playing time. That's all I'm saying. I, he's no, not as good fair. He does. fair. He had to transfer. I'm sorry that that takes some points off for me, but maybe I'm old school. Joe He'll, Burrow had to transfer. All right, that's a different scenario, Nate. <laughs> no, it's not. It's all the same. Scott, 
You've look got the, twenty. Look at, you've got look at the numbers, man. The senior declare wide receivers. How many top 12, top 24 seasons are they going to have? It's not pretty. All right. Scott, give us your 27th pick. All right, Scott, shove your analytics and take someone at 27. Shove it. Okay. At 27, Tampa Bay. Um, I think they, they also would be looking for an edge rusher here, but I they're going to go just with a, with a defensive lineman. Devontae Wyatt out of Georgia. This is another one that I think is a, is somewhat of a steal this late in the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, one of their best defensive players on one of the you know the best defense in the nation. So Tampa Bay, another team that doesn't really have a ton of holes. Um, I really I really tried to talk myself into Devin Lloyd here, the best linebacker in this class. I think, love Devin Lloyd, but yeah. the Tampa Bay it just wouldn't make sense for them to take a linebacker yeah, with their, I agree. With no, with it their current roster. DJ White, so, DJ White out there. Yeah, I couldn't. I, I couldn't. Like- I couldn't do it. I feel like they can turn Lloyd into an edge guy too. Like I feel like it, I, I you don't think so? I don't know. They got Shaq B. They got Shaq B over there. But bro. if they you no, know, but don't you do having two like top tier I know about Shaq Barrett. He was a Bronco. I know, but Devin Lloyd and is an inside linebacker. Devin Lloyd is an okay. Sorry, Scott. Go ahead. I'm saying they, they have they don't have a lot of needs, but one of those needs is on the D line, not in the linebacker mm-hmm. core. So yeah, Dominican Sue still. I think out this would make sense. Sure. Yep. They, they haven't signed back Sue yet, so is that kind of like where, where you see him slotting in right away? Is right there on the DL, Scott? Scott. Yeah. If that if that's the way it plays out, then yeah, I, I don't see why not. Uh, okay. Well, Scott, you didn't take him at 27, but I'm going to take Devin Lloyd then at 28 to the Packers. This one just makes too much sense to me. I know inside linebacker is not a sexy position anymore. It's not, you know, a premier position in the league anymore. Um, Only it seems like garbage franchises pay their inside linebackers, which I don't really know why. I always thought, like, growing up, like, you know, we always had James Farrier and, like, like those guys. So you're always like, yo, these guys, like, matter. But – I don't know. I think I think Green Bay here, they got their wide receiver in Traylon Burks. I, I think now Devin Lloyd out of Utah. I mean, l- let's just be honest. Like, I, I thought Lloyd would go a lot earlier in this draft. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he does have some holes in his games a, a little bit. He is a little bit um, – he's a lot bigger than, than all the other guys. Um, like, N'Kobe Dean, we've heard a lot of N'Kobe Dean possibly going at, the, at this pick um, or as the top inside linebacker. But Devin Lloyd just has a size, man. So I think with the size out of Utah, I'm going to take him for the Packers. They lost to Darius Smith this season. Different players, but 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 they need more presence on that uh, defense. And it starts with Devin Lloyd here. That's a good pick for Green Bay. It makes the most sense. Yeah. So no, he's top got, 15 in a lot of mocks. So he has been. Late. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a, yeah. That's great well, pick. This is why we're not NFL GMs, apparently. Right? <laughs> Wait, we're not? I thought this was the actual NFL draft. No? Is it? Oh, boy. I'm wow. literally resting my arm in an armchair. Are we, are I, we wouldn't have, armchair I, would, I wouldn't have agreed to do this tonight if I had known. Yeah, um, okay, sense. so I have the 29th pick for Kansas City, which they acquired from San Francisco, who acquired it from Miami. Here we go. Dan has already threatened to roast me. Don't care. Mm-mm. Kansas City is going to take Sky Moore out of Western Michigan. Because this guy is the closest thing in this draft to Tyreek Hill. I'm not saying he's Tyreek Hill. I'm not saying he will be Tyreek Hill. But I'm saying he fills that need for speed in this offense and elusiveness. Another guy I wrote about. Another guy I did a bunch of film study on. He is being, I don't understand why people are 
scoffing at him going to Kansas City at 29. I've seen him mock to Kansas City at 29 by like seven, eight, nine different analysts. So, His so skill. I, I think the biggest thing here is if if Kansas City truly is going to go wide receiver with one of these picks, and, and we're assuming you know these top six wide receivers are off the board. Christian Watson makes a little more sense to me just because the speed versus, you know, the speed and the size is just incredible. Not a lot of college production, though. Is that your concern, Nate, with Watson is just not not enough college production compared to Sky Moore? Well, it's interesting is I've seen three mocks where they take Christian Watson at 30. Sky Moore at 29, Christian Watson at 30. Wow. Who do they – it is bold. It is. It's bold. It's risky. It's crazy. But this is an offense that is predicated on having talented wide receivers. Well, wide receiver, I guess. Did got- he go to Western Michigan or is that Eastern? Yeah. Michigan? No, was he went to Western West- Central. Was that Western? Oh, is it Central? Maybe. I don't know. Can we get Sky Moore? Let's Kyle. Sky Skymore is Western Michigan. Western Michigan. Yeah, Sky Sky Moore is, where, where did they be go? Did they be? We, yeah, we established Western Michigan for Skymore. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, just, I just didn't know where where, where AB went. Um, he well, just Central. he fits Central the mold. Michigan. He fits the mold of a guy that Andy Reid would like to use in his offense. Okay. Fair enough. I think that that's important. I think that sometimes we put we look at talent one way. But GMs and coaches look at it another, and he just seems like an Andy Reid guy. Okay, me. So. Nate he takes Sky Moore there at at twenty nine for the Kansas City Chiefs, and then back on the clock for the Kansas City Chiefs, Danny Boy, what you got for us, Dan? All right, so I'm going to go uh, to the other side of the ball. Um, I think that uh, a Sky Moore Christian Watson double dip at receiver would be uh, fun and interesting. But I'm going to go with Nicobe Dean here. I know that there are some size concerns. He's, he's a smallerish uh, linebacker coming out, but you know the, his range is unparalleled in this class. He's the, the one of the faster linebackers. He has great uh, process, process and reaction skills. Red tackling, you can use him as a blitzer. I know that Kansas City has a has a pretty solid linebacking uh, crew, but you know they they can find inventive ways to to get Dean into into the lineup and and definitely help that uh, that defense out especially in the division now where they have a billion weapons to, to contend with so i i like that i like that dan and like i think nicobe dean could actually be one of the steals of the draft just because he's on such an elite defense with so many big time players trayvon walker and those boys i think it's pushing him down a little bit would you agree with that yeah absolutely Absolutely. Uh, the knock on him is if he doesn't have like you know the Davis and, and Wyatt's in front of him, that he won't be as good. But I just think that's bullshit. Well, it's it's similar. It's not as bad as it is with the safety position. But linebacker, it's just not as you don't you just don't see as many first round linebackers. I mean, it's just I mean, if you look at the this could be a record year for edge rushers in a first round, depending on how things play out. So I, I also I also love this pick, by the way. All right, well, Nicobe Dean, though, they're going off the board at 30 to Dan. Um, Scott, you're up at 31, man. And Cincinnati, they're on the board. They haven't had a pick this late in the first round in quite some time. Where do they go here, Scott? <laughs> 1988. So I'm, I'm staying on the def- defensive side of the ball. Uh, cornerback is one of their holes. I'm going with Kair Elam out of Florida. I think I said that right. Mm-hmm. Um, for mm-hmm. The reason can be described in two words, Eli Apple. <laughs> yep. 
Yeah. I mean, some, somehow Eli Apple has resigned for a year, but you know, they need a corner. Um, you know, they're, they're a contender now, like they're, they're a contender now. So, I mean, they've, they've, they, uh, a quarterback, you know, we're, I mean, we're talking, this is, this is late first round. So, you know, it's the, the, the sexiness of the picks kind of has dwindled somewhat. Um, but he's best cornerback left on, on, on the cornerback board. So that's who they're going to go with. Yeah, it makes sense. They already kind of paid up big in, in NFL free agency to have a chance of getting some, some better offensive linemen in there. I think they'll still do more in rounds two and three to add to that OL. Um, but but I like this pick, getting that elite corner there out of Florida. Um, and let's round it out here, guys, with the Rams. This is kind of another luxury pick. We don't get a lot of picks in the first round for the Rams who trade so often. Wait, was I'm there a go trade? With, what's that? Was there a trade? Doesn't Detroit have the 32nd pick? Oh, yes, they do. My apologies. Sorry. Sorry, I have – I meant to have here Detroit having it. Yeah, yeah, because Detroit won the Super Bowl. We all know that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what I was thinking. I was like, the Rams can't have this pick, can they? Like, they never have first-round picks. Um, all right, guys. So I'm going to go with Detroit here. I'm going to go Tyler Smith, offensive tackle out of Tulsa. They need a guy on the other side of Penny Sewell here. Um, it's a pretty weak tackle class outside of that top tier. Um, I think the last the last tackle that went in this mock draft was, what, top 15 or so? Um but, I mean, realistically here, the Lions just need to add, continue adding building blocks for their future quarterback, whoever that is in 2023, 2024. Um, and they need to do a better job of protecting Jared Goff this season. I mean, he was running for his life a lot of these games, and especially with, with you know, big-time players on the other side of the ball, um, specifically in Green Bay. If, if they're loading up on defense, you got to load up on offensive line here. Um we got an awesome YouTube comment from Jay. Pull that back up real quick. Uh, the Rams don't have a first-round pick until 2032. That's 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 awesome. <laughs> that's pretty accurate. So Kyle, I'm, can you check on that? Yeah, somehow they still have like 10 picks in this draft. Yeah, how about, how about I, it? It doesn't make any sense. So Tyler Smith, though. Scott, anything on Tyler Smith, man, out of Tulsa? I think he, I think he's like he's that next tier. He you know, he could be borderline round two. If he doesn't go here, I think he goes somewhere early round two. Yeah, I mean that's where he's been. He's been late round one. He's been, but he's been consistently late round one. You know, in the study and I've in the research I've done, you know, there's a few names that pop in here and there, you yeah. know, but aren't consistently showing up. But Tyler Smith, especially lately, has, has been showing up. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you know if Detroit could go could go QB here. They could. Matt Corral they could. Matt Corral can make sense, man. I don't DC. hate Matt Corral here, or if Desmond Ritter's still around. DC old I don't hate that Ritter's either. This, this would be a, this would be a pick I'd be fine with the Seahawks jumping up and grabbing Ritter if he's still there. But I'd also be fine with the Seahawks waiting until pick forty or forty-one, whatever they have, and getting Corral. Well, Why they already see. have Malik Willis? Kyle, Kyle, they they pick. It's super flex this year. <laughs> oh, the NFL wins super flex. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. I'm it's going to be so much fun. So much fun. Oh, so, dude, I can't wait. Audio editor Kyle, he says Rams, they don't have a, a first round pick until 2037, actually. So, Dan, a couple years off there. Appreciate the research there. Way to go, Kyle. Dan. Um, guys, let's go ahead. This is a great mock draft. There's a lot of fun to do. We've never done an NFL mock draft on this mm-hmm. show. So, a lot of fun. Um, I know we've all kind of been nerding out the last couple weeks. 
next week in Vegas, we actually get to see what plays out. So I'm super pumped to, to be You're there. actually going to be in Vegas. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Which it, is it, super awesome. If anyone's out there in Vegas, any listeners out there in Vegas um, o- over the next weekend, um, let me know. L- let's link up. Let's have a drink. Let's, you know, have a little time on the strip. Um, you know, let's just appreciate the NFL draft for what it is, man. It's a beautiful time for these young men to really become elite and just professionals in the, in this sport. Um, you know, it, it, it's kind of sad when you actually look at the numbers of how many of these guys will be playing in a couple of years in the league. But regardless of that, this is their time to celebrate. This is their time. Go a little crazy. Don't spend your money all in one place. I've been hearing these stories of like ex NFL players being like, "Oh yeah, as soon as I got my signing bonus, I it was it was gone." You know, I was like, "Oh my god." Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. Well, dude, think about it. You're 22 years old. You know, nothing of the world. A lot of these players came up, like most of them didn't come grow up wealthy. And then you're handed $5 million and you're like, well, I can't go through $5 million in like two weeks. Right. Can I? And then they're like, Oh shit. I went through $5 million in two (laughs) weeks. I guess buying seven Lamborghinis will do that though. All right, guys. Well, we do have a little more for you tonight before we round it out. Let's go ahead and get into weekly advice. Weekly advice. All right. Weekly advice. Our way of bringing some feel good to round out our show, guys. And we're going to talk about traveling, traveling, bad stories, traveling advice here. Um, Because, you know, I don't want to get into political discussion, but, you know, a lot of masking guidelines have been dropped. So I think probably more people than that were already are traveling. Um, You know, you know, I've been inching to travel. I haven't really gone anywhere out of the state other than Canton, Ohio, um, in in about two years now. So I'm kind of itching to get out a little bit. I'm going to be on a plane next week. Nate, I want to start with you, man. What is your traveling advice? What what, what bad stories do you have um, t- to give young Seth here and, and all our great listeners as we head uh, to our travels this summer? So honestly, I didn't travel much until I met Jen, as you all you all know, Jen. Um, she kind of like turned my world upside down. Was like, hey, travel. We've done yeah, a ton um, of it, dude. Uh, I so. Here's my biggest advice. Here's a. St- I'm going to give you a story. We went to Mexico. It was a great trip. We got home. It was cold. Jen had our two year old. I do. Remember. I know this story. You know this story. So I'm like, well, it's like a 15 minute shuttle ride. We don't know when our luggage is going to get to the carousel. I'm just going to hop on the shuttle, pick up our car, come back and get you. I get on the shuttle. I get a phone call from Jen. Jackson just puked everywhere all over in the airport in his strapped into his stroller. And I like had just left on the shuttle. Like, I'm not going to be back to you for 30 minutes. Oh no. You're no, you were like, Oh no. And then you're like, (laughs) no, no. I felt so bad because I knew that my, like my two year old was sick. So I'm feeling awful about that. And then Jen's like, in the middle of a super busy airport because no lockdowns had started yet. This was okay. right before okay. everything locked down. So here's a travel tip because we've actually had two occasions 
we had a four hour delay when we got to our gate. They announced a four hour delay. The first time we traveled with Jackson, he was eight months old. He peed out of his diaper. We didn't have backup clothes for him because it was the first time we had traveled with him. Everything was checked. If you are traveling with kids and Scott, I, I know you can attest to this dude, be as prepared as you possibly can over prepare, mm-hmm. super over prepare. Mm-hmm. We take, yeah three checked suitcases every time we travel. And that's two people who, before we had a kid, we didn't even check a bag. We packed everything we needed into two carry-ons and went be over prepared. If you have a kid and you're going to travel, have worst case scenario stuff with you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's all. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. Also, I want to bring up this comment from uh, YouTube viewer, Jay. Don't drink the water. Like, Like, is there something about airport water that I don't know about? He's talking about Mexico. Mexico. Oh, okay. 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 That's fun fact. Puerto Vallarta's water has been certified cleaner than the majority of United States cities. I like to see the data on that one. (laughs) Oh, it's true. They've won international awards for it. Anyway. (laughs) Uh, Jay also says he can confirm Nate's advice. Love that, Jay. Um, All right. And then Bo says translate to quote, don't travel with kids. Also no, but Jackson's, fun. we love traveling with Jackson. Yeah, it's a, it's an, it's seriously, it's a joy. He's awesome. Scott, you're up there a little bit isolated kind of in the Pacific Northwest. So I'm sure when you travel, it's either like you're going out into the mountains, you know, going out to camp or you're like getting on a plane to go the whole way across the country probably because you're, you know, so far out there. So what advice do you have for us, brother? So I'm, I'm going to go a little bit of a different direction with my kind of funny story from my past. Um, so this was when, so this is, uh, this will make sense in a second, but this is when I was like a 16, 17 year old kid. My parents were going, you know, my parents were the ones that were traveling. They were going to the Oregon coast. Um, and I grew up in a household where they didn't want me partying or doing any of that stuff. So they, you know, no, no going and staying at friend's house with no parents, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I told them when they were gone, I was like, Oh, don't worry. I'm staying at my friend Scott's house. And they said, okay, is his parents home? And I said, they sure are. So they went on, they went to their trip in the Oregon coast. I did my thing at Scott's house, my friend, Scott, whose parents definitely were not there. Um, My parents ran into his parents on the Oregon coast. (laughs) Oh no. I should have, I should have given up. (laughs) I should have given up trying to get away with stuff right then and there. Like what are the odds? So my advice Dude. now, be my advice now, being a parent, if you are going to travel without your kids and they're of the age that where they might party, um, whatever they tell you they're going to do when you leave, they're lying. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Yes. I, I always, yeah. I'd say, but I always like was not truthful what I was doing. No. Well, now I mean, nowadays you got doorbell cameras, you got all sorts of ways. That's that are true. Inhibiting true. kids from acting out, but you can also disable those cameras. <laughs> Kids yeah. are smart, man. Stop giving, stop giving the younger viewers. But anyway, anyway, and and you know, my parents, <laughs> my parents, my parents allowed me to dig myself in the hole. They're like, so, mm-hmm. how was it at Scott's house? You know what I mean? But oh, the yeah. fact that they randomly ran into each other, what on the, the Pacific Coast in a different state? <laughs> Gotta love. That's an awesome story. That is an awesome story, Scott. Dan, what do you got for us, man? I know you don't have kids, but I'm sure you have a crazy travel story or two for us. I do. This actually happened a couple of years ago. It was with my fiance, who's then my wife. Uh, we were going down to New Orleans for my friend's uh, birthday. Nola. 
no, you're right. So we got to the airport. The, our flight was scheduled for 1245. One of my other friends was on a, a different flight. So I got delayed a couple times, like twice. So we ended up on the same flight uh, as him. And then it got delayed more and more and more until around midnight when they said the plane was coming. And then 10 minutes later, the plane was canceled. So basically, we had stayed in the airport the entire day for nothing. Uh, so then we kind of lost our minds a little bit. We decided we were going to be fun, rent a car, and drive 19 hours to New Orleans because we weren't going to miss this party. Uh, then somewhere around like the mountains of Pennsylvania, probably around Penn State, but who knows because it was like 3 in the morning. Yes, sir. Uh, we decided that probably wasn't the best idea. So we're looking at flights. You know, We were looking at Washington, Baltimore. We actually found uh, a flight in Pittsburgh that uh, connected to North Carolina to get us down to New Orleans. So we had to drive from probably like the middle of Pennsylvania to, to Pittsburgh in about two hours. So I was driving about 150 down 76. Oh my God. But to get there on time, we got there. Uh, so I ended up being uh, all right in the end. Uh, but I think the lesson from that is just, just patience. You know, the, things are always going to go wrong. No matter if you have kids or if not, nothing ever goes right all the time. You know, the 100% something will always get fucked up. Something will, someone will miss a flight or a bag will get lost or a tire will yeah. pop or oh, something yeah. like that. So, you know, just, just take it in stride, you know, just know that going in, just realize, you know, this is your vacation. You're supposed to relax and just, you know, try to roll with the punches. I love that, man. That's, that, that's <laughs> great. The fact that you drove the whole way across PA just to catch another flight is, that's <laughs> classic. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fastest I ever drove. Easily. <laughs> Easily. All right, guys. So I'll round you out with a quick, quick story and a little bit of advice um, from my limited travel experience. It was 2019. I'm a young college kid at this point. Katie is in New York City for the summer doing an internship with a magazine company. And I was like, okay, I want to travel up to see her. I have a crap ton of work to do, though, this weekend. So I bought myself my first Amtrak ticket. I went down to Johnstown, which is very like southern, western PA, hopped on the Amtrak. Left my car there with, you know, all across PA. It was beautiful. Honestly, a beautiful ride. And went, went past the Altoona Curve Stadium. Um, went through Philly, New York, you know, end up in New York City. Awesome weekend. If, if you're ever traveling in the NYC area, I highly, highly recommend yes. that you stop in uh, Astoria. Astoria yes. is a great, oh. great little nook of the city. That's where we were. We had an awesome time. But the, the lesson learned here. It's Sunday morning. We slept in a little bit. I had to catch my train maybe by like 11 or so. Plenty of time though. You know, got up, was pretty much like out of the apartment. I, I thought sometime around 9, 9.30. Um, and we're like, okay, we have like a lot of ample time left. Like, do you want to stop for breakfast? And I was like, sure, yeah. So we stopped for breakfast. Um, just kind of like a little grab and go place. Got a bagel, some OJ, you know. Um, and then we're like, all right, ate the breakfast. We went up to the subway platform. Now, keep in mind, we're the last stop on the subway, New York City subway system. So they, you know, a lot of cars have to come out that way to, to, to you know, get to us. And a car comes and we're about to get on it and there's a broken window and they will not let us on it. So that car has to go back and they have to bring a whole new car, which, it, you know, 20 minutes. So that kind of put us a little uneasy at first. And we're like, oh, oh, crap. Here we go. I might miss my train home. I started to get a little nervous, a little sweaty, you know, um, you know, knees weak, arms heavy, you know, mom spaghetti, that whole whole good stuff. Um, but we're sitting there, another train comes, and there's like a, a homeless guy who will like 
has his whole life there and like he's kind of being a distraction and not like like they won't go because of this homeless guy i don't know what i can't remember exactly what he was doing specifically but they would not go so more of the story moral of the story is i end up missing my train by like a couple minutes sprinted down past madison square garden to penn station was like i got there maybe 1102 train's gone had to get a whole new train ticket that ended up being a disaster because then i had a connecting bus got on the wrong bus just an awful trip back um but moral of the story is like be there with plenty of time plenty of time like whether Mm -hmm. you're taking a flight or a train whatever you're doing if you're relying on some type of public transportation be there well before you need to go like our biggest Mm -hmm. thing is like we should just got to manhattan grab some breakfast in manhattan and then you know then worried about it but no definitely hard lesson learned for the kid there and katie but uh but, you know, we took it in stride, learned a little bit from it. I will not do that again. We'll teach you, young Padawan. We'll <laughs> yeah. teach you. Yes. Yeah. And, and we'll continue to teach our listeners, whether it's fantasy football advice, whether it's feel-good lifestyle advice, guys. We're going to be here all season long. Daniel, Scott, Nathan, I appreciate your guys' insight tonight. I appreciate all the IBT fam out there, the listeners, the viewer. It's been awesome. We appreciate your guys' support throughout this entire offseason. If you want to hit that subscribe bell, whether you're listening on YouTube, any of our audio platforms, it would mean the world to us. Easiest way to support us here at IBT. Check out the website inbetweenmedia.com, and we'll be back here in two weeks. Same place, same time, knuckleheads. Until then, keep it in between. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fantasy football advice. 